Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. Very well done. My name is Jeff, and this is it. And this is to see if the mic works, and if it goes in and out, out and in. And here I am. That's actually perfect. Well, there was a season opener picking up right where we left off last season with a panic-inducing emotional roller coaster, which we're very familiar with. Reds make quick work of Norwich. Honorable mention Norwich, of course. Then our venerable Allison goes down awkwardly. Then Arigi adds another one to close it out. Then, Ali, do you want to say his name? Say Pookie. Pookie. There we go. Catches a sleeping and in full week one tradition, Liverpool go from first on Friday to third on Sunday behind City United, sitting just ahead of Brighton. Tonight on the Talk On podcast, we'll wonder if the top four will finish this way. No, I'm just kidding. And I'm joined by, as you can hear in the background, to talk on OGs. First, Jordan Henderson's Ultra, Ali G. How are you? That's the best compliment you've ever given me. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Let's go, baby. And someone perfectly content, I'm sure, with our summer business, the most positive person I know, Joey Vishney. Hey, Joey. Hey, good to be back. And good to be just, you know, positive as ever. We'll uh, give the most recent match its due. We're, we'll chew through Norwich, of course. Then we'll look at the week ahead because we have a few things between the Super Cup Wednesday and Southampton at the weekend. But first, a headline or two. It's really just a headline of one. So to foreshadow what we're about to talk about in the match, for, particularly in the first half, as we all know, Allison went down which triggered all sorts of different announcements from the post-game presser, Klopp saying it's a calf, to panic at the disco, is Adrian the right fit? Lonergan, we've got to bring him in. Whoops, Kelleher, where did he go? He's recovering from wrist. And then the mad dash here on Monday. News coming, but nothing. What do we make of this? Allie, you're a resident footy injury guy, still recovering from uh, ACL, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's been two years, right? Yeah. Recovering for two years. Um, it's you not good. Lava. Definitely not good. He looked back when he when he you know took the goal kick, so I thought it was Achilles right away. Um, but he held his hamstring calf area, so then we thought maybe it was two injuries. Um, they have to wait for swelling to go down, so their first um diagnostic of it is probably just going to be something that's going to change so they're saying it's probably a grade two calf tear they're probably going to go take a look at that in further detail and probably see something worse we saw it with joe gomez we saw it with ox it's probably going to be like a 12 month situation for us so the guy's going to be out for the entire season isn't he yeah he's done (laughs) no he's going to be he's going to be out for probably a good chunk of it um nothing to be too concerned about but it does suck because we were i felt like we were just you know starting the season where we left off like that was our 39th game of the season you know what i mean so it hurts in that regard but we should be okay i think 
time will tell, but we'll, we'll really know when we get our third backup, depending on how long we loan them out for or get them back for really will tell us how long Allison will be out for. And Joey, how do you assess the transfer situation? Is this another Klein where we sell the backup right when the primary gets injured? Um, no, I mean, bringing in Adrian, I think, was was always going to happen. I think that the club knew Miggs was going to leave for a while. Uh, it was just a matter of getting the deal sorted out. And then I think Adrian was – he was one of, I'm sure, a couple of keepers that was always on the list to get. So once they, they had completed the um, Simon deal to, to Bruges, then I think it was just a matter of time before they went to go get him. So, I mean, look, you're you're not upset at – what what went down, you know, I'm sure if a lot of people wanted, you know, a lot of people wanted Reyna to come back and I'm not so sure that he'd even be better than at this point in his career than Adrian. So um, well, would you want Mignolet over Adrian? Do you feel bad for Mignolet? <laughs> the guy waited so long to get his chance. He leaves and like two hours later, Allison goes down. I sort of feel bad for Miggs, but I'm just, I think most people like myself are just at the stage now where, where what he was at the club for six years and you just knew exactly what he was. Like he had his chance. He, he had his chance to prove himself that he was a good enough starter for us for years. And, you know, he was a decent keeper, but you know, the, the chance that you have to be able to upgrade, you do that. And that's what we did. So yeah, you feel bad for him that Adrian gets injured and, you know, this would have been Simon's place and, and chance to, to do a couple of things. But I think maybe the fresh blood of, of having Adrian in, you know, everyone loves to use the phrase premier league tested or premier league proven. Um, and he was, you know, he was, he's a decent keeper. He's a little bit of a, a nut job, and I love that. Hmm. Um, but um, as far as Allison's injury goes, just sucks. Just absolutely sucks, like you said, Ali. Coming right back into the season, thinking we're going to just start where we left off, and that happens. It's You can't – to, to relate it to Jeff's question, is like, yeah, I, can't, I can't be mad at the transfer business in terms of the goalkeeper on the goalkeeper side. So – you know, th- that being the injury that happened to one of our starters uh, is like the one, basically the one injury that I can't look at the transfer window and then go, oh, well, we should have gotten somebody for a cover or anything like that. Now, am I happy with the transfer business? No. I mean, that, that feel like that could be an entire pod. It's uh, since I've, I don't want to say calm down because I was never freaking out, but since I've been reflecting on it a bit and just he- hearing what a couple of different people have to say on the who are the opposite belief of mine as you know not doing much business is okay and actually could be beneficial. Uh, I get the idea that Klopp wants the togetherness. Um, he wants that we were able to extend their contracts and that was part of it. Um, you, you get all these things, but at the same time, I mean, I, f- I just felt like we needed to bring somebody in. Uh, again, that's just a conversation that could be could go on forever i feel like so i don't want to to drag it out there but yeah i mean it's it it sucks allison's down transfer business wasn't great brought in a couple kids to the future and now someone's going to be useful for us hopefully and a backup keeper but i mean you just come out of that 4-1 win and you're just a a bit deflated uh that that injury i think i'm on the same board as ali is that that might be an entire year um when you look back like that that quickly i don't feel like that's just a minor injury like a even a partial tear. I feel like once that happens, you feel like somebody kicked you. And, and I, I, thought tear that, usually. <laughs> I thought it was the Achilles at first. I, I thought it was a, a phone full blown Achilles. So yeah, I, Jelly, I, we, we know you 
freaking texted me in every group chat. In I the world. didn't text you at all when that happened. I was super calm and I was just, you know, we brought in a backup <laughs> keeper and I was excited for it to finally get to see him. So uh, that was me. But yeah, no, I mean, sucks. There's, there's no, there's no other way to go about it. We're losing one of our top three players for hopefully two months, but I, I, I believe it's going to be way longer. It's never easy when you have a world-class player. Yes, Allison's a world-class that goes down, especially someone who's an integral part of the defense. He talks to Allison. I mean, he talks to Van Dyke. He talks to everyone in the back line. We feel comfortable with him. It's going to be fucking hard. It's going to be an adjustment change for Adrian, but it'll be fine. He's a good goalkeeper. He's a good backup. Should be fine. It's never easy, but we're just going to go with it. Watch Van Dyke's going to have a couple of iffy moments because he doesn't have his normal keeper back there. And yeah. his entire Twitter is going to freak out and go like not not Liverpool Twitter, but just opposition fans just talking him down. It's going to be it's going to be, like you said, a big fucking adjustment. I mean, the the confidence that a keeper like Allison gives you in the back line, it allows VVD to do his thing even more if that was even possible. And, you know, helps Matip out, helps Gomez out, especially as a young Gomez. I mean, it's. It's going to be a big, big miss. We started easy enough. Like we're on the front foot Friday night match at Anfield. The supporters were well up for it. The cop was up for it and the pressing was there. The energy was certainly there in the early minutes. It triggered what we've all seen, the hurricane of offense and chances that flow. And then as we're not even into eight minutes, Origi put sort of a half-hearted cross in. Did that even seem normal? That mistake? It just he hit he just ripped it. <laughs> I mean, I think he was just putting it in a dangerous area, which is what you're supposed to do. He's sl- like slashed at the ball. I think it was just an unlucky own goal. I've never seen anything go in like in perfectly on the side netting like that before. But it's exactly what we needed: first goal, first own goal, take off where we left off, and we were just blitzing them like nothing changed. So the first half, I was really happy about it. And that own goal that we started with really, really did help us just get into the game. Yeah, God bless Norwich. They come in not setting up to defend like the draws typically. So you got to give them props for that, Joey. Came to Anfield wanting to score because that is their offense. That That is how they move. Again, I'm torn on that. Like props to them because they have a style of play and they're going to stick with it. But... I mean, just take a, take the look at Fulham and what they did. Like they decided to stick to their guns the entire season and not adjust at all, and they paid the price for it. It's like, and then Norwich haven't even spent nearly as much money as Fulham did. So, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting season to see if they end up like like the managers come out and said that uh, they don't want to adjust. They're going to play the way that they want to play. I don't know. You're going to Anfield like arguably the hardest place to go and play and you're just going to let it rip. I mean, I guess if you want to lose four, one instead of maybe two zero and just be like, all right, we got a goal at least then yeah, go for it. But I feel like you, they should only play that way for maybe, I don't know if you really want to stick true to your guns, maybe 75% of their games, 80% of their games. So, um, yeah, I, again, like there's that view and then there's, yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad that a team's coming in to the Premier League who wants to play good stuff, who are fun to watch and are going to stick to that system and do it. So it, both opinions, I understand. Um, I'm probably of the opinion that they need to at least adjust a little bit after just seeing a couple of teams in the past not do so. 
Uh, and I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Tim Cruel. Like, just good to have him back in the Premier League. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's just seeing Suarez the the goal with uh, that shoulder, the shoulder goal, like the best goal maybe ever. Um, and just I don't know. I, I I feel like for some reason I just loved him at Newcastle. He's just a, maybe it's just because he's a huge dude. But for some reason the Premier League feels better that Tim Cruel's in it and I don't even have a good reason why. He looks like he should be on the show like the Scooby Doo show, you know, that cartoon. <laughs> like yeah, like Shaggy or something. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. know. The guy but, is just it's just great to have him back but, and but, I don't know why. Joe, you said he they should have probably like set up differently, had a low block. But one cool thing with like Mourinho taking a job at Sky now is we get a lot of insight into the managerial managerial side of things and uh, from a good manager. So for the next year, year we're going to get some insight from him. And he was talking about with Neville, I think the other day, Hey, these new managers are coming in and they're not going to change their philosophy. It takes their a long basic time. Principles and stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're going to, they're going to go through with it. They're going to not change anything. They're going to go and bring the game and build on that. And I think, that's going to help Liverpool in the long run. If, if a lot of managers are coming through the championship to, to keep building totally. on. Totally, And, and I get that are. again, like I completely understand that view and I, it's almost I, like I have that view and I want it to work out that way. And I, I hope there's less teams like Burnley and more teams like Norwich. You know what I mean? But Burnley have made themselves of not a viable team, but a, essentially a mid to late table team every year in the Premier League and continue to get that money because of the way they play. And that's definitely not the expansive style. So I guess, you know, if if they can get maybe some better players and then play this way, then it'll work. But I, I just, I want them to stay up. I think they're going to have a hard time doing so if they don't adjust at all to the big sides. Yeah, I think they stay up just judging by the way the movement of the the forwards and the front players. They're pretty Perk good. Is a good player, man. He's it a was good a player. Yeah, they were pretty good attacking. They were really intricate. Um, yeah, they had a couple. I mean, they should have scored early on us. Um, they, they they had some some great movement. I don't get me wrong. I I hope that that's the reason why they stay up. I. I guess it's just a uh, recent history just in Fulham's case. Cause I was, I was kind of excited to have Fulham back in the Premier league. I know maybe not a lot of fans would have, but I feel like the Premier league's better when, when they're in it at least. So, um, you know, there, there's an example there. Talk a bit about the setup coming in and specifically our boys, Ali Klopp went with the, the genie Fabinho Henderson midfield. Any surprises in the 11 for you? Not one surprise. Honestly, I, I mean, actually, one surprise was I thought Matip would start over Gomez. Same, but but I mean, that's like a really minor surprise. I knew Origi would start. Mane just got back. Um, it it is interesting that he's starting uh, for Mino, um, but I, he did sub him off a little earlier just to get him some playing time. Um, I thought he would be more out of shape. So the fitness levels have been a surprise. The Salah came back and he looked like he never left. He actually looked in more shape for the start of this season than uh, the end of last season. I don't know if it's you. I haven't seen Salah. That finish to me, that really, really quick one-two finish that with with his own foot that he had there, like in that tight space. I I don't necessarily felt like I saw that type of finish last year. We saw that the year before when he went off. I, there's something about him that just looks sharp right off the bat. I don't know. He if looks possessed. Just, like he, I don't know if maybe he's like, all right, Mane's out. I got to play a little bit better. I don't know if he's coming back from AFCON upset. I, I don't know, but this looks like him from two years ago. Not, and he didn't have a bad season last season, but this like, 
he just looks zoned in and like that finish that was that was class that, yeah that quick touch with outside you're like laces back to the front just to set yourself up with a quick just shot to, it's insane in there, yeah yeah, yeah and, and under that pressure it's crazy bobby was possessed too I, these two guys oh, look unreal. really good yeah Great yeah talk, um, talk for a second about the build-up there so you know trent loses the ball then it's a bit of pinball for him for uh, mo steals the ball back loses it then it gets to bobby lays it off perfectly for mo short pass and, and the finish i mean yeah yeah i mean like you said it, it's it, we got a little lucky um but bobby was amazing this game uh, he's one of the one of the best players on the pitch for me um he was setting up mo really really well if he keeps that up mo's gonna score a shitload of goals especially with his fitness levels and how sharp he looks it's gonna be incredible um mo just keeps getting better and better every season and it's kind of scary i don't know how far he can go but it's, it just seems like he got his first taste of like some really really big silverware and i think he wants more and he's coming at it really hard and i'm really excited to see where he, where he takes it but but Bobby's going to set up these guys, and I think Mane looked really sharp when he came on too, and I'm really excited to see what the front three does. I think we'll score more goals this season and concede a little more too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, That's when it's all said and done... Go ahead. Yeah, when, it, when it's all said and done, I just... Bobby... Obviously, I feel like Stevie, Stevie G's just a... He's sort of a given, right? Like, you just you put him aside, and then it's like, all right, who's your favorite player? At least for maybe our generation, right? Um, but... I feel like when it's all said and done, Bobby might be my favorite player who's ever played for Liverpool. I, I, I fucking I, we, I I don't know if I've ever disliked the guy. I just I love everything about him on and off the pitch. I love you know me. I, I love nut jobs. I like I hate boring people. I hate boring players. And when he he's just unreal how he links everything up. We he he's not our best player, but he might be are maybe aside from Virgil. Okay. Our best, our most important attacking player, I would say just what he does for everybody else, how much better he makes everybody else up top and in the midfield. It's, it's incredible. I mean, you just look at him tracking back and just making tackles that nobody else does. I don't, I, if you were to be like, all right, who plays like Bobby, you couldn't think of any other striker in the world that plays like him. There's nobody else like him. And um, that's going to be a tough ask. I'm excited to see Brewster and how he tries to emulate some of the things that Bobby does, but just games like this make you appreciate Bobby so much more. And that non goal that he had the chest to the volleyball, that was, that was a, one of the, oh best my gosh, yeah. one of the best Unlucky not I've to finish seen. that. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle sent a guy named Jolington mm-hmm. and he came from Hoffenheim as well. And he's supposed to be like a Bobby type player where he holds the ball He's totally a budget version of him. Um, and when I was watching Newcastle play, I, I just appreciated what Bobby does so much more. Just seeing this guy try to emulate Bobby and not be able to do what Bobby can do. The way he just moves the ball and gets out of situations and shifts. And a play is insane. And, it's and just so much of his off the ball work too, though. That's what I've been trying to watch more with him, especially is just what he does off the ball. It's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. Both Brazilians, really both Bobby and Fabinho, but we'll get into that in a second. Talk about the uh, best forehead in the world from Van Dyke. We move past the mogul. It's this torrent of chances that come with this offense. And men among boys again, like set up against Jamal Lewis, who's only just a couple inches shorter, but definite man versus boy. Virgil didn't even have to jump to get it in. He literally just walked. 
He, he honestly, before the corner was even taken, he, he wasn't even really looking. I think he heard it get taken. He just looks <laughs> up and he's like, oh, I guess the ball is like a couple yards away from me. I'll just go ahead and move this guy out of the way and just put my head on. It was it was one of the easiest headers I've ever seen, especially if it's, you look at that. Either yeah. Paying attention. It's getting too easy for him. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Like I don't the guy he literally just walked in there, headed the ball in, looked like he barely even moved, and was having a player he's basically just dragging along with him. It was it was pretty funny stuff. Have you ever seen a player come into a team and drastically change the way you attack with set pieces and defend with set pieces? Because before Van Dyke was here, we got scored on every other set piece against us. Now off of every corner, off every set piece, I feel confused completely fine and it's because of his one man and then going forward he's an absolute threat going i'm forward afraid i'm afraid to a lesser extent that mcguire is going to be that for united too um obviously not as good but i, I just have a feeling that the impact that he's going to have on their defenses especially with just the traits that you said just their physical prowess like we've been talking forever about how we were really bad at set piece defending. There was that whole thing where they were like, oh, is it zonal marking? Is it man marking? What's going on? We did pods on it. It was it was ridiculous. And all of a sudden, Van Dyke comes in and she's like, oh, you know what? No problem. It's uh, it's all solved. Just have this guy head the ball away and we're all good. And, and Allison will clean up if he needs to. It's just those two signings at the back. And, you know, we talk about them a lot, but Matip has been incredible. Gomez is decent in the air. Uh, you know, our fullbacks aren't great in the air. But, uh, I mean, just you, you, just to your point, Ali. We're I, I'm never afraid really on corners anymore. It's a weird feeling, even when we had Skirtle and Kiriakos and all these huge oh guys. God. So much more nervous with them at the back than with with Big Verge. But his distribution is crazy too. He when we start singing like his name, you can hear it. He just gets uh, even more confident. He starts pinging the ball 400 like or 40 yards just for the fuck of it. He's just like, yeah, I can do everything. I'm very, 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 very biased, but you know, okay, Messi should win the Ballon d'Or every year. I get it, but if you're looking at that second best player in the world, I I think it's him. I actually think it's him, and it's crazy to say that. And what? I, someone hasn't won the Ballon d'Or. Was it John Terry, or was that just the Player of the Year? When's the last time a defender won it? I don't know, but it should have been Maldini, if anything. Maybe it was in like '04 or something like that. Um, I don't know, but either either way, it's like, I mean, he's he's just incredible, and like you said, Jeff and and Ali, just the impact that he's had on that back line, he's priceless. He's absolutely priceless to Liverpool. And speaking a second about personnel, I know we referred to it just a second ago as we were talking about the team selection, but that Mati didn't get a nod after his performance in the second half of the year. It's like it needs to be underlined how important he was to us lifting a sixth trophy. It's really unfortunate that Klopp didn't give him a nod. I thought he was going to start. I genuinely thought he was going to start. I don't, don't get me wrong. I hope Gomez is the long-term plan and I would love to see it. Gomez moving forward and having Matsup as the backup. Uh, some people think it's a bit iffy. Gomez does make a couple mistakes still. I understand that. And it's like, do you really want him to still learn on the job, even though we're fighting for this title? It's a tough call. But either way, you just you can't go wrong. You have Matip, who who at times looked better than Van Dyke. Not saying he is obviously, but at times in some games in the past, or I guess the last three to four months of the season, he looked like a world class defender. Not saying he is, but if he can maintain that level of play, and we got him on a free. And to be honest, 
he was a decent defender at Schalke. Like there, there wasn't much wrong with him. And so for him to grow into this role and love seeing him take the ball out of the back, I mean, this guy, he's an incredible defender, huge reason, like you said, Jeff, why we did as well as we did towards the end of the season and lifting up some silverware and, you know, him or Gomez starting, I don't care. I just think it's hilarious now that all the Lovren lovers are just <laughs> like, you know, listen, they thought he should be starting. They thought Lovren should be starting. And we have two other center backs that are just much better players. And, Lovren might get sold at this point. He, he might. And I know there's, yeah. yeah, plus maybe five add-ons. Look, this is this is where I wanted to be with Lovren. This is exactly where I feel comfortable with him. If he's your fourth choice center back, I'm fine with that. All good. All good. That's what we've always said. If if you if he is like in your if he's you know your your second best center back and your second best pairing and he plays in cup games, I'm okay with that. He's he's an okay defender. He's not maybe as terrible as I've made him out to be, but I think just the fact that he is now not someone that you think may start or someone that you don't rely on or someone that you rely on is. Joey, it's like a situation like with Carrius. Like you just get rid of these two players just from the bad blood, bad blood from all the fans. You know what I mean? It just tilts too many people. He could be a really, really good fourth choice, but. At this point, you sell him for fifteen million and get a youngster. I don't in. know. At this point, I keep him around just for Mo' Mo's sake. Like honest, honest to God, that's true. That's like true. I would just keep him around from. Oh, I'm not. I'm not shitting you. It Some sounds ridiculous. Pong. It sounds fucking ridiculous. I would leave him around for Mo and to play fourth choice center back. You know, Lovren is really good injured. at getting coffee. He's also injured seventy five percent of the time. Anyways, I don't think he's ever had a stretch longer than four games in a row for us. So it doesn't matter. Anyways, like just. Pay him the wages he's on for whatever two more years. I don't care. Let him be there for Mo, and then just have him ride out fourth fourth choice. That's okay with me. No, I, I'd rather him being fifth or sixth. I'd rather the kids like Vandenberg, Keanu Hoover. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he'll be a good backup right back. I know he wants to be center back long term, but I know he could be another Gomez type player. Um, but yeah, very excited about him too. Yeah, the point is that both both kids. I think. Vandenberg signed with us because of the potential. It's like this sales pitch that Klopp keeps giving to Brewster to keep him committed to the club, even though he was out with injury, had choice of Europe. Same thing with Vandenberg, I'd have to think, coming out of Ajax. There's got to be like a light at the end of the tunnel, some upside they see playing this year. I mean, I get where you're coming from. I mean, they didn't get him for no reason, but I have no problem with this. I would have loved to have added to the squad, but I, I don't see the benefit of selling anybody, even fucking Lalana right now. Listen, I don't want him to play at all. I just want him to provide some type of competition when he's healthy in training. That's it. Like, and if, and if for God forbid he's in the Carling cup and he plays center defensive mid, then who gives a shit, right? Like give people a rest. I don't see the benefit in the remainder of the transfer window and selling anybody right now. Moving on to the rest of the match. And I, we've already talked the Allison thing to death. Only want to kind of poke at, how the team responded after that because it seemed a definite hangover in the moment. I mean, fans like stomach dropped and you could imagine on the pitch there was a similar feeling, similar mood, but it didn't seem to last long because that offense got churning again and then Trent's lovely ball into Divock two inches over his uh, nearest competitor in, uh, in Aaron's slots at home like no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just a huge pessimist. So, in terms of when he when he went down and he went off, I mean, 
you're right. Like stomach dropped. I thought I thought Anfield did a really good job of picking it up uh, after that just slight lull. I think uh, the fans were un- unbelievable that day. Uh, they were always gonna be. I think first game of the season after winning the European Cup. But um, I personally was. That's that's all I could think about for the rest of the game. Literally, all I could think about was was Allison being out, and um, it's. It, it does cloud my judgment on a lot of things right now, so it's it's tough to really say. I mean, they did respond well. The team responded well. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, they, they obviously we'd carry it out, and everyone did their job and continued to play well, and that's all you can ask for them, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it's a tough one to take. But, yeah, in terms of the performance, we didn't have any – not nearly as good of a, uh, a second-half performance as the first, but did their jobs. Speaking about um, that ball from Trent, Jeff – our left and right backs just keep getting better and better. Did you see Robertson? He literally just sat in the the second half of the the pitch, just like drilling balls in. I think he had like nine crosses, right? Dude, in the first half, he was. I I, I thought he was playing part, forward. Part <laughs> that's, of me that's the last part of his it. game, right? Is perfecting a shot. He's never shot. He's always crossed, and he's he's, he's going to start backing him much. I can see it happening. He's yeah, getting closer and closer. He already did. I mean, I don't get it with him, man. He's fucking robot he's cyborg i thought when is he gonna get gassed when when does it happen i he's running at full pelt every single sprint it's incredible i'm like when are you going to be tired this is going to take its toll at some point but the like it's incredible and he's becoming more of like a cut on the pitch to the opposition which is better he's getting like faster he's he's like yeah like he has so much gas and he start he's slapping messy in the face like he's doing whatever he wants <laughs> love that. i absolutely I, i've watched that video i don't way too many times since it's happened it just makes me love him every single time even more and more but he's what like, we've he's, always needed it's a great point though by both you guys he's, he's, he, he, you you would hope this would happen i don't think anyone ever thought he'd get to the level he was at two years ago you know even a couple years before that but he's continuing to get better I know he's he's what 25, 26, and there's still a little bit of room for him to grow, but he looks incredible right now, and it's it's unbelievable what Liverpool have in their fullbacks attacking wise. It's, it's incredible. If you don't count Mane coming on, um, Robertson was getting the ball every one point five minutes, which was the highest out of any other player. Um, Van Dyke was second, so that guy everything's going through him. Like he's and touching just, the ball so much. Note that too, though. That isn't uh, Norwich's their right back, Max Aaron's right. Isn't he a really highly touted player? Like uh, arguably their best player of the season last year. And and you just throw out that stat that Robbo has the ball that much and he's attacking their right back. It's yeah, pretty awesome stuff. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Aaron's only nineteen. It's just nuts. Yeah, young kid, but uh, I know he's got a big future ahead of him. At, from from everything I've heard, at least I didn't watch too much of him. Obviously, last season for sure. Robertson also received the ball the most too in, in the final third, like even more than Salah, which is pretty incredible. Enabled by so you talk about like the touches per ninety for him in the middle of the park. He also had quite a performance from Fabinho, uh, both on and off the ball, destroying as he usually does, getting the ball. To to Robert to Trent in key moments. Talk about the midfield alley. Like what, what did you make of all three of them? I, it was interesting because when I saw that midfield, I was, I guess this could go back to your first question. Like what, what, what shocked you? I thought Kato was going to play yes. over Genie. So much so I picked him on my draft team. <laughs> so I thought he was going to have like a breakout season. The first season I knew Salah was going to do well. Then I thought Mane would do well. And that was last season. So this year I called that. I thought 
Keda would do well. Um, so that was shocking. But I thought Henderson played really, really well. I think he was it was kind of like that Barcelona game where he was just possessed and some sometimes he was chasing the ball and it wasn't effective, but he was just on a mission. And he was getting in the box. He was touching the ball a lot. I think he had the second most touches behind Robertson in the opposition half. Like he was doing what he needed to do as a box-to-box midfielder, what we've needed to see from him from for a long time. So I'm really happy Klopp put him in that position. Genie was just Genie. He, I think he coasted through it. He did a lot of work off the ball. He wasn't that involved in the game with the ball. Um, but Fabinho, like like you said, like he gets in positions where he doesn't have to tackle, and for some reason his legs are so long he get he can reach into tackles and just get the ball and nick it. And I think it's amazing to see. I just don't know how Chiche, for instance, can go another year not selecting him for the Brazil team. I'm a hundred percent fine with it. Just keep him fresh and and clean for us. But I, the point is, he's that amazing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Joey, as we closed the first half i mean it was finished i think with henderson taking a knock to the chest and then wind knocked out of him go go to the locker room come back and we have kind of a stutter step at the start var making its way into the premier league are we glad it's here uh, i disagree with a lot of people i think it's 100 percent the right thing to do um it's going to be a a little bit of a, an annoying uh, crossover time where they're getting things figured out and uh, it's going to be annoying for a little bit. And I completely understand the f- supporters opinion of it's going to ruin the in-game experience where you can only celebrate sort of halfway like Nuno DeSanto came out, said some stuff. I mean, I completely understand everybody else's opinion uh, for me, get the calls right. And that's the most important thing. And uh, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, you don't go to every Liverpool match. You wouldn't know what it's like in terms of having those calls be made and then having them reversed, which I can understand. I don't have the luxury of being able to, you know, drive within my means to be able to go to those games. I'm lucky enough to have a city where I can do that. And I'm very lucky that the sports that I watch, some of them do have that, um, and it's been hugely important. I think in hockey, it's worked in the NHL. I think it, it works in football. Football takes a little bit of time. I don't like the where referees have to go over to the screen to look at it. I think the way they're implementing it in the Premier League is ideal. You have a team like in the NHL that has the screens in front of them. Have a you know you you quickly radio the referee and you say hey what did you see the re- the referee will tell you then you look at that call and it's made within ten seconds. Uh, if it's wrong, then sorry, you celebrated a goal that was le- like legally not a goal, like professionally not a goal. If he was offsides, he's offsides. If you celebrate after the goal and it was a good goal, then there you go. You get your celebration. Now, you, there will always be that argument of it. It does take a little bit of the human and live and fun element out of the game. And I get that. But I would much rather have the right calls be made. Uh, then, then have that be the the opposite, and um, I, I think it will go to show in the long term, especially after they nail a couple more things down. It becomes more of a smooth transition. They can make calls a lot quicker. Uh, then it'll be way, way more beneficial to the sport than than it was before. Yeah, there's going to be some tough times, especially in the next year or so. But I'm okay with putting up with those, even if I'm yelling, screaming at a goal, and it turns out not to be. I'll understand that. Hey, you know, that's just not a goal. Yep. 
So we, I um oh go ahead. I have something to say about that stuff. So so when we first implemented um goal line technology, I was the guy, I was a punk that was saying f the hat, like I don't want the game to change. I want it to be how it is. Um and the way they implemented that, it's so fast and efficient that like it's just on your watch or in in their ear where they can make a decision within seconds. So it's perfect. So VAR right now to me is is not good enough, but if it gets to that level of technology, then I'm completely fine with it. So when we saw it, if, you know, for the Women's World Cup, for the World Cup, the Men's World Cup, the Euros, it was just so fucking annoying to watch. And it, it made it so American, like American sports, and I hated it. But if they get it to that level of where goal line technology is, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, they certainly have the cadence down that second half, you know, stutter step aside like i think they've got the the cadence right they just got to get the calls and like all the communication on the field ironed out which you imagine week to week they just need to tighten that up yeah no doubt i mean it's it's going to be a learning curve and it's not going to make people happy but it's it is what it is now and so just fucking deal with it right like stop complaining about VAR <laughs> because it is implemented and it will be implemented and they are going to use it. So stop fucking complaining and just get on with it and try and make the best of it. And you know what? Maybe it'll help us in a game this season, in the Premier League that may take us over the line. Yeah. You can look at last season and be like, well, fuck uh, John Stone's clearance off the line. That sucked. But yeah, they got the decision, right? I, you know, bottom line is it, it, it will hurt us in the future. It'll benefit us in the future, but it will get the calls right. And in sport, especially with all these fucking camera angles now, like if, if a referee gets a call wrong and it's in live time, it's so hard to get these calls right. Like so many people don't understand. I'm lucky enough to work in soccer or football, work in soccer in the U S. And so I get to see referees all the time. And they, it, it, some, some of these calls, it's like, how the fuck do you make that call? Like, I wouldn't even know what to do if I don't have the right angle or, um, have to make it on the fly like that. And to be able to have technology that can allow you to make the right call and, and back you up, it's going to be huge. And it's going to give the referees some confidence too. Um, I, I think it, it's just all around are going to be a good decision. I think we need to shift off of the VIR. <laughs> um, because there's one final goal to go over, and it's not a good one. In the second half, we've got... Ali, I'm going to need you to say the name again, because I like how you say it. Say Pookie. Pookie! There we go. Anyway, in the second half, not much of a good story to tell. I mean, we're otherwise locking it up at half, and we come out in the second half, and it seems we shut off for a second. Trent drifts off Pookie a little bit, cross, it goes to the far corner which seems to get Adrian out of position. I don't know if there's any way you could say Allison, who Klopp affectionately calls Allie. 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 <laughs> Do you think Allie would have stopped that? I Honestly, I believe he would have stopped it. I think he's that good. I think Adrian was just wasn't warmed up enough, and he didn't get down fast enough, which is fine. And no normal goalkeeper saves that but Ali does and to reiterate this call we've got Karius on loan through the end of this season final year is this an opportunity to halt that loan bring him back have him no 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 have him repair the relationship no 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 you leave him in wherever the hell we threw him in you leave him at Besiktas or (laughs) wherever you want to keep him I don't care I don't even want to keep tabs on him just leave him wherever he is He's a good kid. He knows Bieber. 
Anyway. He looks like Bieber. <laughs> so why don't we look ahead at what's to come? We've got a lot of stuff happening this weekend. We've got more silverware, an opportunity for silverware Wednesday in that famed city, Istanbul. Why don't we start with versus Chelsea? Who do we think Klopp is going to trot out putting that 11? Joey? Uh, tough call. I think Matip gets the nod. Uh, who of the young kids? Maybe Brewster gets the nod up top. Uh, I would hope Keita. I would think probably like a Lalana and Milner would get in there. Quick shout out to Fabinho. I know we haven't talked much about him, but God damn, he is arguably the best number six in the Premier League right now. And the fact that we now don't have to worry about talking about the defensive mid position every single week because he just goes in there and gives an eight out of 10 every week or seven out of 10 every week is just magnificent. So shout out to him. Uh, I don't really care. I mean, yeah, let's win a trophy. I'm, I'm in for that, but, um, whoever Klopp throws out there, I just hope it's for either people to get a chance or for other guys to get a rest. I'm, I'd like to see if there's anyone that I really, really do want to see, I I'll throw two players in there. It would be Keita and Brewster. Um, I'm, I want Keita to be a consistent starter for Liverpool in the most important games. So the more I get to see of him and the more he gets confidence is, that that's what I want. So, so Ali, this is a uh, grudge match. I don't think we've seen enough of you, Amir. What do you guys do? <laughs> we, I mean, he doesn't even watch the games, so it doesn't matter for me. Okay, we're we're actually tallying up how many games he watches this season to see if he's an actual supporter, like he claims he is. Um, super shithousery on our end, but uh, we are definitely doing that. There's an Excel sheet that we make him sign. Um, <laughs> but I actually disagree with Joey. I think, I think Klopp uses this as an opportunity to test the first team against Chelsea. And I think he's going to run maybe two changes off of what we saw at Norwich. So I think Monty comes in cause he needs to get some fitness in him. And I think maybe one of the midfielders changes and I think he puts Keita in and I think those are the two changes he makes. Sounds pretty solid to me. Um, we just need to survive through Saturday. Yeah. And we've had an extra day or two of rest, and they just got annihilated 4-0. They weren't compact in that game. It looks like there's a lot of fundamental things missing on that Chelsea side, and I think they'll figure it out, but I'm glad we're playing them early on. Conte just got back. He's a, he's lacking match fitness, so he might start against us, and I think Pulisic will start. I think those will be the two changes on their end. Um, I think we should be able to beat them. I think uh, Emerson might be a decent threat, so we'll see how our um, wingbacks deal against him. Um, I think that's that's mainly the issue. I, I, don't, I think the first 10 minutes they blitzed us and it was kind of similar to the way Norwich played, so I think we should be good. We should be able to handle it. Then at the weekend, we have to go to St. Mary's. We finally play Danny Ings, do we not? Yeah, we do. Poor, <laughs> poor guy. Such a lovable guy. I, I'm not even going to get into would he celebrate or not because who cares if he scores a goal. God help him. Danny Ings on my fantasy team. Let's fucking go. Van Dyke locks us down. I can't see us coming out of there with anything other than three points. You too? 
Uh, I think we should just win every game this season. So I'm in for three points. Let's do it. You know, that's the only way to win the league, right? You have yeah, to win like, like it literally <laughs> the second, so the second we lose like two games, if we do in the first half of the season, I'm like, all right, it's over. So in the, in the mindset right now, win it every single game. Honestly, I think that that is it for this week. We've chewed up the match. We've talked about what's happening at the weekend. We've got big silverware up for grabs on Wednesday, preseason friendly, but let's pretend like it's an important match because silver is silver. Boys, very great getting you back on, starting a new season. Hey, shout out to Purely Arsenal too. Look at that, huh? <laughs> get back, get back up Sh- shout out to Jack being able to record and put his own podcast out on the web i don't have to hold his hand anymore he can raise a human being but it's just tough for him to hit the record button we love him now so he, he doesn't even know how to turn on his uh computer he's doing it all off his phone now amazing that is the future right okay. there until next time boys talk on talk on talk, talk, talk on, on. Talk on.